0: All right, guys, welcome back to Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me as always, my co host, Dylan Reagan, back here to look at a wild weekend. Uh, I guess you could call it wild card weekend, Dylan, I guess you could say. Uh, super wild card weekend, even um, in the NFL. And boy, there were some super wild games, to say the least. Now, we are recording this on Monday afternoon, meaning there's still a game to be played with the Cowboys and Bucks, but we will talk about that one on the next episode. As we usually do. Um, now that they've introduced this playoff schedule here in the past couple of years, so. Uh, but Dylan, it's safe to say that uh, Wild Card Weekend did not disappoint uh, in terms of game quality, uh, because there were a lot of close games. Really outside of what? Um, well, there were a lot of close games that eventually got close. Yeah. <laughs> because some of them weren't close for a while, but um, and, and some were. But uh, yeah, it was certainly a wild weekend in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, the the only game that really played out according to the script that we kind of thought maybe was the uh, Niners and yeah. Seahawks, Se- Seattle. Like you said, they kept that game close. The first half was entertaining. Uh, uh, able to beat Ward deep on that one. Metcalf touchdown. Metcalf obviously had a great game overall. But you know, that was the only one that really went. I mean, I mean, maybe the Giants game kind of went like how I f- felt it, it could. But the especially the the Chargers game, obviously, the, you know, could have seen the Jags winning, but the way they did absolutely ridiculous I mean not that you know after years of watching Chargers football I know a lot of people have said this but they're the one franchise you wouldn't be completely shocked with that kind of thing happening but probably the most shocking games overall were the fact that Dolphins and Skyler Thompson playing like they did honestly with a few more catches here and there from some of his receivers they they could have come away with a victory in that one and then yeah. the Ravens defense stepping up in just a huge way against the Bengals, and it took a, you know, a miracle play for Cincinnati to win. That's the game, I think, uh, if you look at, like, win expectancy based on all the stats, was the most unlikely um, winner of the weekend. Even the Bills, you know, had a lot of things that went against them with fumbles and some weird, uh, weird, wacky plays at certain moments. But, man, that uh, Ravens defense put on a heck of a performance and just it took one play that now we're going to see on, you know, highlight reels about the playoffs for years and years to come.
0: Yeah certainly a game-changing play Uh, that is the one where what probably in the old Madden or NCAA college (laughs) football games like that's one where the momentum meter goes from this side all (laughs) the way back to the other side and like that's that's how it works so yeah yeah, that was a wild sequence there uh, late in that game all right but we're gonna start by going back to our game of the week and well I mean, we kind of nailed this one, Dylan. I mean, I don't know if, you know, you can look certainly like a pair. It. <laughs> it didn't look like it, but we nailed it in terms of if you wanted pure drama um, and excitement. Uh, after about, what, minute, two minutes left in the first half, um, things got exciting and they got dramatic. And um, that was, of course, the Jaguars 31, Chargers 30. Now, I said to you, Dylan, I wanted to go back, and I just forgot to do it. I forgot to go back and listen to exactly what I said. But I said, you know, I said, this feels like a Chargers game. where, And I I picked the Jags. Like, this was one of my upsets. I said, I'm going to pick the Jags here because, to me, this feels like a game with the Chargers where it is a game with the Chargers. Now, little did I know that they were going to take it to a new level here Um, by being up 27 to nothing in the playoffs and losing this game. But that's exactly what happened. Trevor Lawrence with the – one of the greatest stat lines of all time. Um, four touchdowns, four <laughs> interceptions. Uh, just uh, unbelievable. Like, this game was just p- nuts. And, like, we should have known all the other games were going to be pretty nuts, not to that maybe that level. But it, it, it was a sign of things to come because I still don't know – I mean, I know how the Chargers lost the game, but I still don't know how the Chargers lost the game because, uh, again, they were in complete control. Lawrence just throwing the ball left and right to the wrong player but yet the second half the Jags do their thing and most importantly Doug Peterson does his thing I, I know we've talked about this before Dylan like this guy to me he's one of my favorite coaches like of the past decade like this guy just yeah. goes out and he does not he rolls the dice unlike another um coach <laughs> that may or may not have been in the exact same game here what a game like this was just nuts and what a loss for the chargers um this this ranks up there all time no doubt uh, for them if not i don't know i have to go back and look at the whole list i suppose but an all-time loss for the chargers an all-time win for the jags and it's the jags marching on to kansas city it's i mean it
1: took so many different things to happen there's some parallels i was feeling like at moments in that second half having flashbacks to the Buccaneers almost coming back to beat the Rams in the playoffs last year. Uh, just yeah. the dread of blowing a huge lead and watching everything seem to go against you. But those games are very different, right? The Tampa Bay forced tons of turnovers. Yeah. The Rams just kept basically giving them the ball back. The Chargers didn't turn the ball over. They just, uh, they win the, they end up, you know, the fact that they're able to win the turnover battle 5 0, obviously, it never happened in the playoffs before and only a few times that it happened when it's gone four, uh, you know, plus four in another team's direction with them losing. But it, it just, man. I mean, the small things towards the end of the first half, time management and the Jags getting that last touchdown, you kind of felt like, all right, if they get that, It's not like this was a comeback that started as late as the 28-3 Super Bowl with the Falcons and Pats either. The the, the comeback started at that point early in the second half. They have that long drive, but it it just kind of was methodical. And that's the thing I I believe Doug Peterson talked about after the game uh, with Trevor Lawrence and their kind of expectation or how it all went. It wasn't like try to gain it all back at one moment, just stick to what we know stick to what we're able to play uh, who we are as a team and they've done this you know to an extent all year not to a 27 point game but they're down 17 the Dallas had a lot of big comebacks and to Lawrence's credit just methodical not worrying about the moment and by the end of it yeah the defense made some big plays as well obviously they didn't look great in the first half but really they're you know they've been put in some tough spots by their offense and really I mean the the drives in the second half you look at like the, the charts and all the things I, I know there's a lot said about the Chargers not running the ball enough and I believe there's something to that but they just couldn't run the ball well enough and I think that's yeah. a question about themselves and their identity and what they need to figure out because I mean in, in these moments as much as we uh, want teams to throw in and we see that you know them talk in some of the games with the Giants later um, not necessarily just sitting on the running the ball they threw to kind of set up the pass I man, the Chargers just – they did that, and then they couldn't run. <laughs> they should—they established the pass fine, um, and then they could not close it off. And just – I mean, they still had, obviously, a bunch of just different chances. You're talking about the difference in the coaching philosophies. It's like Staley was the aggressive guy, and now you have these fourth and shorts and you're kicking field goals to still stay up by two scores against a team that's putting the ball in the end zone constantly at that point. And, man, it just – so many things had to happen but like you said it was it's the Chargers um they got away with some flags they also had some stupid flags themselves and the offside on that one on the sack uh, I know Bosa didn't think he was offside and it was really close but then you know the, to allow them to get that two-point conversion after that penalty I mean just things that we've been seeing the stuff with the tackles leaving early and I even Mike Pereira kind of talked about it during the Giants uh Vikings game this isn't yeah. If it's within the certain line of reason, it's just, you know, if they're not going to call it, it's good it's technique like to start. That. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like we've seen that so much. And, like, I don't know that that was that different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. If they want to change the rule and start calling it, they can, you know, that would have to happen in the regular season. But if you watch enough games in the regular season, that's happening pretty consistently as long as it's within that, like, you know, half beat or whatever it is. Um, and there's some linemen on Twitter, former Mitchell Schwartz, and some guys talking about it too, in terms of that's just kind of you know, if they're allowing you to, your cadence is lined up almost perfectly. It gives you a little advantage. You're going to take it just like DBs take advantages with certain things they pull. So anyway, I just, man, to lose your composure in that moment, I, it makes for some, you know, funny videos for, for overall fans with, you know, Staley handing the helmet back to Bosa, him throwing it back down. But if you're a Chargers fan, man, I, I, you know, there's, they've had obviously some brutal losses, like you mentioned over the course of their history. And even the recent history, since we've, Really watched Chargers football. I think of some of their, you know, years where they had dominant teams that that yeah. disappointed against the Patriots and the Jets in, in the playoffs or in the in the 2000s. But you know, this is a different kind of hurt than that. There's a difference between feeling like you missed out on that on that window as a championship team, as some of those ones did. I think a Charger fans still have confidence in you know some of the players they have, but it is such a psychological, you know, warp to go from up 27-0 and just watch it all slip away like that. Um, I, I feel bad for Charger fans I know because <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I felt that that dread. Like I said at the end of the Rams Bucks game last year, and I was like, they're really gonna blow this, and it felt like, man, this is we're really gonna miss that chance. And then, sure enough, they pull yeah. it out, and you just felt like the Chargers had those moments where they could. Um, some criticism of Herbert may be fair, but I, you know, I think some of the play calling, and I know Joe Lombardi's gonna if Staley ends up staying as the Chargers coach, um, it feels like Lombardi's gonna be the fall guy because. The average distance per target in that whole game for Herbert was like six, is this six yards or something. It, I don't know how you this look at sense. him. Yeah. I know Mike Williams is out and how much that hurts them, and we talked about that leading up to the game, but yeah. I just, I don't know. It's some questionable things happening from the the play calling point of view of the Chargers um, and the Jags. Like you said, to Doug Peterson's credit, every adjustment he needed to make happening all the way to that last fourth and in inches uh, play call with the – the T-bone formation, the sweep, and making you know getting into the situation that I think Ben Solak from the Ringer pointed out in their regular season matchup, they did the same kind of thing. They'd pull the guard, the guard and the tackle from that side, and basically get a one-on-one with the running back in a smaller corner. And they didn't expect him to make the play, and sure enough, he couldn't get up the field and tackle him, and that uh, ends up changing the game. So yeah, Doug Peterson. Uh, and the Jags they got nothing to lose so it should be fun to watch them next weekend in Kansas City I know we'll get to that more but just a fun team and I just hope they can put together maybe a more complete game because maybe then they'll have a a shot at least in that one
0: all right so our betting locks of the week um we both nailed them but I I just took the push Dylan because I said look I said the Bengals I think are their seven point favorites at home against the Ravens I was like you know I like that number now before we stop recording you're like well this number's at eight I said nope I'm taking it at seven yeah. so Dylan I like to technically take my victory lap here for this uh, although it's more of a just a lap for no reason I'm not gaining or losing anything but the Bengals do win by seven 24 17 as we said earlier obviously the game completely changes with the 98 uh, yard fumble return for a touchdown um and again i just uh one of those plays that you're just not going to forget because of how much it changes everything if it's a touchdown for the ravens you know it completely changes the whole dynamic of the game instead it goes all the way back the other way Bengals get the win um you know i, I think you know in, in hindsight even without lamar jackson you know the ravens like they're gonna play it tough i think just with the way they play defense and yeah uh, you know you kind of saw that here um I actually think, you know, certainly when you look at kind of how they played, I thought Tyler Huntley played fine. Um did a lot of good things. Um you know, but at the end of the day, it is it's just kind of one one game or excuse me, one play just changes the game and that's exactly what we had here.
1: They kind of yeah, I mean, the Ravens had kind of taken over in the second half. They gave up the one, you know, long touchdown drive where the uh the Bengals went back up by 17-10 score got the two-point conversion, but really they did nothing on offense in the second half against that Ravens defense. They had as about as good of a football game as you could have hoped from them, you know, held them to, uh, you know, a field goal on that first early drive. Obviously the missed extra point ends up hurting the Bengals to get it back with the two point, but to hold them to, yeah, 234 yards. I mean, if you would, if we had known that going into the game, I would have thought the Bengals probably lost. And sure enough, that's why this is the game, as we mentioned, that had the, Win expectancy based on the, all the, the, you know, everything that happened in the game was 33%. And yeah, obviously that's why this is the case. You have a 14 point play swing with the Sam Hubbard return there. A great play by Logan Wilson. I don't know, you know, from that far out, as everyone pointed out, how are you having, it's not like this is Trevor Lawrence at the half yard line. This is almost a yard and a half or a little more than a yard at least. And Huntley just not, that's the size is, as Trevor. So it was a tough ask for him, especially with the way that you've been running the football fine. I mean, the, the Bengals defense had been uh, able to stifle it a bit. You kind of saw them giving up some yards in the passing game towards the end of the game because they wanted to still stop the run. Um, but in that moment, I mean, it was, you know, you had a, still a couple chances there, um, at least through fourth down, obviously down in touchdown or at the time tied. I mean, if they, they I think they would have stayed aggressive uh, and still gone for it on fourth down potentially. So man, that's, it's just a brutal break for a team that you know put to like you said tyler huntley played you know more than well enough i they, they, uh, he had a wide open receiver with the robinson touchdown and uh but overall i mean you know that was a big thing going in too we didn't know if he was going to be able to even play a full game there was some something about him playing and anthony brown and luckily tyler played the whole game because yeah he gave them a, as good of a chance as you could have hoped um the script was all there the defense again yeah made all those plays Joe Burrow wasn't able to attack all the time. He obviously, he's going to get you at some moments, but um, I still thought Joe played pretty well in the first half. It just it, it was like, man, they're only up 9-0. and then sure enough, they the Ravens score right before the half and um, end up getting the ball back. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough game for them because, man, you you look at how you know how strong this roster is for the Ravens, and um, you know we've talked up the Bengals as we should, and they're still a really good team. It's not like, and I know some people have pointed this out as much as there's. Criticism of the Bengals and Bills just scraping through. You look at some of the games towards down the stretch of the regular season. The Chiefs took, you know, went to overtime with Houston. You know, the Niners barely beat the Raiders. There's some. These games are going to happen. This is. These are still NFL teams, and I think Baltimore it's kind of a wake-up call. We went into some of these games this weekend, and the next one we're going to talk about not so much, but most of these games this weekend, thinking uh, in a lot of cases, oh, they're it's, Bengals will cruise, Bills will cruise, and it's just not the case. Um, and Baltimore. Good wake-up call. The playoff football is just a different breed, and Bengals a little lucky um, to get away with it. Not that they didn't make some good plays at certain moments, but man, I I think they'll just you know wipe their out, wipe the sweat off their brow, and move forward, and you know be happy that they don't have to play another team from their division again this uh, postseason.
0: Well, your betting lock uh, hits uh, in fine fashion, although it did not look great um, as mine did not early on. Um, Niners take care of business against the Seahawks, 41-23. You said, I mean, the Seahawks got off to about as you know, I mean they they get off to a bad start, but then they're able to kind of rally and take a what was one point lead heading into halftime. Yep. Um, and so at that point you're thinking, all right, we've well, rallied from ten nothing down. You take the lead in the halftime, feeling pretty confident about your chances, but then you know everything sort of changes. That third quarter just could not get anything going, and really could not get anything going the rest of the way outside of what was basically a. A throwaway touchdown with two minutes to go um so really just could not muster anything um on that side of the ball in the second half and uh again you kind of look at everything for the Niners and, and I think it goes back to this Dylan like just when you have a guy like you know Debo Samuel that can just make those kind of plays like that's always the thing with the Niners it seems like that's what we said about them right they just got so many guys you feel like can break off a big play um Obviously, the one he made late in the game, I mean, that took it to a three touchdown type game. But even what well, Christian McCaffrey had a, what was close to a oh, 70 yard run yeah. or something like that. Or I mean, it's just, again, that's, that's to me is what you look at with the Niners now is they've just got so many guys that can break off different big plays and how that sort of changes the game for them. And, you know, Brock Purdy throws three, three touchdowns, no interceptions, um, rush for one. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was about what you expected outside of maybe it being a closer game than you thought it would be at halftime.
1: Yeah. They, the second half was exactly what we kind of expected from this one. We went in talking about how Seattle had struggled defending the run, and sure enough, I mean, some of the lanes, I, you know, I was really glad that Fox went to the the behind kind of Madden angle almost, yeah. um, like the all-22 angle you see from the vertical part of the field because they are open up huge holes. And when you have guys like Christian McCaffrey that aren't used to getting those holes before they got to San Francisco necessarily all the time, uh, great things happen. The amount of, you know, combination of scheme and personnel, and, it, you know, there's a lot of conversation on each end of Brock Purdy. Uh, how how much is his own contribution? I thought, yeah, there's going to be some mistakes. He looks a little shaky in the first half. But for the most part, did everything you could have asked for. Also had, the you know, that drop by Ayuk in the corner of the end zone on perhaps the best play he'd made all game. Not some, not the best throws at all the time, but uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be especially when you have you know the playmakers they do and guys like as you mentioned Debo breaking that one off but you also have Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle blocking down the field and just dominating guys everyone's bought in fully on this team um you know defense in the first half yeah they have they're playing some press coverage playing up it worked the first couple drives they get burned once but after that you know, they really defended really well the rest of the game. I know there was some conversation going in about Lenore, the one of the corners for the the Niners being the guy that they're going to try to exploit. He ends up playing a better game than than the Wards, ends up getting a pick uh, early in the second half that kind of right when it was, I think at the time it had been 31-17, gets the Niners a ball right back. And it's just like, you feel like the game's almost over with those kind of back-to-back turnovers by Seattle. They, yeah, Seattle had to be basically perfect uh the whole way after that you know from halftime on if they wanted to have a chance here um they did drive down you know after san francisco took the lead to start the half and had a chance you're getting pretty close to tied up and it just takes one play from that line uh from that defensive front and armstead gets there and bosa recovers the fumble and it's just you, you feel like just one mistake is all it takes to for the niners to to you know to capitalize um, it can be maybe a in, more interesting matchup with them facing off, especially if they get Dallas, depending on what happens tonight, if they get Tampa too, I, they did beat down Tampa a couple of weeks ago, but I think things could be different uh, with that game, uh, this time, but, uh, regardless though, the Niners are a force. I think that's the, the <laughs> no this, we talked about it going into the postseason and outside of that one kind of blip game against the Raiders where it, it felt like maybe they just didn't, uh, you know, completely, uh, buy that uh, Vegas was going to give them as big of a punch Um, outside of that they've they really have looked like the best team in the NFL for the last half of the season um, even with Brock Purdy in there and it's just credit to Shanahan it's credit to the roster they've built to the playmakers they have and to and to what Brock's been able to do with you know he can't change the circumstances. He was given a great, <laughs> great <laughs> roster and a great coaching staff to, uh, around him. And oh, yeah. I think he's as ready as you could have hoped for a, a, the last round of the, of the uh, last pick of the draft to be in that spot. He has really, in my mind, you can, you don't have to say that he's as great as some of these other quarterbacks. I think you should acknowledge though, that he's still, uh, there's a reason they've been up, putting up more points, um, and looking like a more explosive offense and even when Garoppolo is playing. So I think he's played pretty well.
0: All right, two upsets of the week. As I said, mine was officially the Bucks over the Cowboys. That was a two and a half point spread, although I did at least get the, the Jacks beating the Chargers at an upset sure. there. But uh, the official one we will have to wait on. You'll know whether I got it right or not <laughs> listening to this podcast. Uh, but Dylan did get his correct because that's the Giants heading to Minnesota, getting the win over the Vikings, thirty one twenty four. I mean, in all honesty, you know, as you're watching this game. You know, you kind of, just based on how the rest of the weekend's played out, you're just kind of like, well, you know, just waiting for kind of the Vikings maybe to overtake things. But I I tell you, Dylan, there got to a point where I'm just like, I don't think the Vikings are going to win this game. Like, and and I don't know if that – that came to me probably in the third quarter when it goes 24-14. Of course, Minnesota winds up tying it up. But even then, I'm just like, you just felt like the Giants had their number here. And just every turn – you know, even some of those big plays like late, right, where I think it was – there's a couple third downs, I want to say, late in the game there where Giants just able to, to, to convert on some of those and really just kind of keep the clock where they needed to be. Meanwhile, I don't know what the Vikings are doing on the final play there. <laughs> like, I still don't know. I, I still can't comprehend. You know, A lot of people have had a lot of theories on that. I have no idea what they're doing on that final play um, with Cousins throwing the ball to what – was it Hockinson? Hockinson. Is that Yeah, for basically – three or four yards on a a need to get eight uh scenario and i I don't know what cousins saw i don't know what the the plan was there but it was not what they needed because the giants get their first playoff win i think until is it 11 years Since Um, super
1: bowl 46 they said yeah yeah,
0: long time yeah so, so it's been a long time um so what a win for the giants and as we'll talk about in the next episode that sets up the the NFC showdown with the Giants and Eagles. And meanwhile, the Vikings, a team that everyone thought was kind of, as you've mentioned, Dylan, the, 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 the computers just did not love the Vikings. Uh, they sort of thought they were way more towards the middle of the pack rather than a 13-4 and team. And, well, they are, they are packing it up for this season
1: yeah kind of it, it game uh, as i mentioned kind of at the top i this game went maybe the closest to what i felt like it would but honestly still i didn't expect the giants to have as many explosive plays I, they, it looked like yeah. you know at times you're watching like a college football game where there's broken <laughs> coverages and stuff and it was crazy like guys were running wide open in the first half and even uh one of their second half drives but when they had to be more methodical to your point yeah every th- big third down it feel like feel, felt like the giants were able to convert they they the Vikings, to their credit, kept it close. They kind of did what they've done all year. Um, uh, you know, if you're like, they're, how are they only down three, <laughs> like, at halftime? Yeah. And different yeah. things like that. They weren't able to stop the run. They weren't able to stop Daniel Jones uh, throwing or running himself. The Vi- I mean, the defense, I think, for the Vikings, may be the most disappointing part of uh, the season overall. I You know, I thought they'd be a better fit than this. But, man, they... We're struggling big time it's a credit to the play calling from dable and what the giants have been able to do this season with the personnel that they have and i think if you're a giants fan you couldn't be more excited as we've kind of talked about just of the future you're playing with house money right now you weren't supposed to be here you are make the most of it and now but you look at the roster you still have so much room and growth to build from with dable there just it feels like uh this team even if they you know, who knows what happens next year you don't have to worry about that but i think as they continue to draft some of these pieces i feel like they're heading in the right direction clearly um minnesota still still have you know they have a lot of great playmakers i think they have some things in the offensive line to address dexter lawrence completely ruined that game up front for them they were not really able to run the ball uh much they're also down a lot so it forced them into a lot of passing situations that last play to your point yeah i i I don't know if he thinks Hawkinson's going to have a chance to break the tackle, but I mean, you've got to at least throw it up. But it was another play again where there's interior pressure. And it was kind of the, it's not just Kirk Cousins, a lot of quarterbacks that struggle when you're able to uh, you know, get pressure up the middle of the field. Um, I think it just over time warned him and he kind of just checked down uh, instead of trying to just throw one up at the end there. Um, Hawkinson overall had a great game. I, again, I think that, you know, the Vikings did some good things on offense, and that's the only reason that, you know, we're tied late. We're, they're able to have a few opportunities here and there where maybe the game, a couple bounces go their way. It's just finally, after all those one-score games that they've won, they finally had one where it's just every bounce didn't go their way. The Giants, like to your point, though, they were the better team in this football game. Um, I think the win expectancy numbers from ESPN were similar to what the Ravens were, around 66% um except in this case the Giants actually were the one that comes out on top and now it sets up the scenario that I mentioned you know going to the playoffs I wanted to happen I wanted I like the idea of a Giants Eagles rematch with them fully forced uh with, you know not sitting everyone like they did in week 18 with Jalen hopefully healthier I, I thought that early season matchup just was a little bit before the Giants started to hit their real stride and now I think regardless of who wins the game tonight by the time you're listening to this you'll know a Cowboys Niners matchup, really fun. Obviously, great playoff game last year. Or you get T- Tom Brady playing in his uh, back in his hometown <laughs> against a team he grew up rooting for in the in the Niners. So both scenarios work out great. And for the Giants, yeah, their fan base—it's been a long time waiting, so they should be happy with anything that happens uh, here and out. It's it's got to be a, a great feeling to to go into the season not knowing what to expect, uh, being excited maybe about Dable, but man, I think he's—they've uh, gone even beyond the expectations you could have hoped for.
0: Well, in the final game on our list, we thought would be, <laughs> we easily thought would probably be the most one-sided game of the bunch, perhaps. That was the Bills and Dolphins. Turned out to be anything but. Um, Bills escape with a 31, or excuse me, 34-31 win over the Dolphins. Um, what a game this was because, you know, this one started off about what you expected, right? <laughs> Once again, a team gets up big. Uh, Buffalo's up 17-0 about midway through the second quarter. Then the momentum t- starts to swing. And, of course, some of that comes off of, uh, turnovers and such, but it did swing and it goes back in the favor of the Dolphins who, um, you know, actually led this game until what about mm, midway through the third. Uh, and then, you know, they closed the gap to make it a a field goal game with about 10, 11 minutes left in the fourth. And then Dylan, the the, the play that everyone's talking about, or I guess the lack of play that everyone's (laughs) talking about the, uh, the delay of game late for the Dolphins on a fourth and one, you know it's, it's again th- that's one of those plays and this one's not as sexy of course because it delay delay a game call but it's one of those that you're going to think back on and just say boy what happens if they get a playoff and you know who knows but but for that to happen i think it's just oh my goodness like you talk about the worst possible time you going to delay a game penalty it was that situation where you're at fourth and one on your own 48 with a drive to potentially tie or win the game that's what happened for the dolphins but I mean, give the Dolphins credit, right? They come in with their third-string quarterback, uh, which I know his numbers were not great, but at the end of the day, they were right there with the chance to, again, be on a, a go-ahead or game-tying drive. Uh was not the best game for the Bills by any means, uh, but Dolphins came in, played this a lot tougher, and took advantage of some of those mistakes. And, I mean, Bills had, what, four turnovers, I think, or was it more than that? Um, at least three. They have in this game? See. Uh, let's see. Bills had – Three. Three turnovers. Okay, that's it. Um, yeah, because one of the fumbles I don't think was a lost fumble. So, I mean, Dolphins yeah, took recover advantage recover. And, and yeah, made it a game. But ugh, Bills hold on. But man, this was uh, this was another wild one.
1: It not, and it didn't feel like it early on. Um, it wasn't, you know, the same as the Jags Chargers, where we felt like it was gonna be a close game. We thought the Bills would roll, and it's 17-0. And you're like, uh, oh, even though they, they had that missed touchdown where the ball barely hit the ground on the throw over the middle of Dawson Knox, no. you're like, this isn't, you know, what are the Dolphins gonna be able to do? And I mean, Skylar Thompson easily played his best game. Uh, since he's had to take over at certain points of the season with Tua and then Teddy out, um, wasn't still that pretty. The as kind of mentioned, the, this game still I think win expectancy wise was like eighty nine percent Bills. They they did gain Miami by two hundred yards, basically a little under like one hundred and ninety two yards. Um, they don't barely they only lose a turnover battle by one, but obviously a sack fumble um it's gonna be for a touchdown it's gonna be a little different than most turnovers that you have uh some others that set up miami um towards the end of the half with the you know the touchdown they're able to get uh right before the bills got a field goal uh to tie To you know ultimately ends up being the difference but it, at the end of the second quarter uh you still saw the explosiveness of josh allen um at times the play calling and i you do wonder i mean obviously ken dorsey's had some people be fans of him i i don't know if it's all him if it's something plays that are just Allen too missing some throws trying to make too much of what he's given in those situations it just felt like they were playing as people were joking like it it felt like at times there is a a kid on madden just throwing the ball deep constantly (laughs) um with some of the what was happening Uh, they ran the ball pretty well and at times just didn't stick to it it was just an interesting Kind of game. All the all the moments, the the you know the the pressure points where the Dolphins needed something to happen to stay in it seemed to happen until late uh, in the game, as you mentioned. I think that possibly, you know, compared to the two other games yesterday um, that had, like, more methodical drives and long uh, periods of the clock coming off. Obviously, this game almost took four hours and got the Giants-Vikings yeah. game pushed back. There were 31 total drives. I was counting it up when, uh, yeah. you know, just looking at this box score. I mean, I think potentially at the end there, everyone's like, does Mike McDaniel not have something ready? I, I mean, they'd already run all their stuff. Like, <laughs> maybe yeah, use some sure. of the plays that they were going to use in that spot um yep. i think maybe they overthink it by not just sneaking i don't know maybe buffalo still oh, stuff's them, yeah. but uh just so many things that the the dolphins could have done uh but at the same time you can't take too much away from them because they had no one gave them a chance so i think <laughs> you know mike mcdaniel give him credit for getting this team ready feeling like they had the belief to win this one a few catches here and there by waddle and, and hill maybe things go differently um for them but ultimately the better team still won um and you know I think Buffalo will see if hopefully they adjust and have a put up a better effort. Cause if they play like this against Cincinnati, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to come out on top uh, as they did in this one.
0: Well, those are your matchups. As we said, uh, we will talk more about the the Cowboys bucks game in our next episode as we preview the next round. But uh, Dylan, we know the matchups that are set now, as we said, it'll be Jacksonville heading to Kansas city uh, Cincinnati heads to Buffalo um, the Giants head to play the Eagles and again, either Cowboys Bucks on the road to San Francisco. But of course, we got it all covered, Dylan, the fallout from uh, the wild card round and looking ahead uh, to the next round as well. The playoffs over clutch points, let everybody know where they can find all that.
1: Yeah, you can follow the rest of the NFL playoff games in the clutch points app in our streams there. Yeah, tons of coverage of all, all the breakdowns of fallout with the press conferences for these teams that fell out of it, even the teams that are moving forward, um, obviously injury updates as we move forward with some of the availability of certain players on these teams uh, moving through the playoffs. Um, All that covered still a lot of coaching carousel stuff. I'm sure we're going to have a ton of stuff now with Lamar Jackson and rumors and all that good jazz. It's already JK Dobbins uh, comments. If you haven't read them, go to clutch points and and, and look up Dobbins. You'll get get some interesting uh, stuff that he had to say about the end of the game last night, but yeah, tons of nfl stuff on clutch points also follow nba games uh, as always lots of college basketball coverage on our website now uh more so than ever I'm still doing a lot of football college football stuff on recruiting and whatnot um but yeah uh, good stuff fun weekend yeah, hopefully the, the game that you'll have watched by the time you listen to this will also uh live up to expectations and then i think we get moved forward to potentially my favorite weekend of the year divisional weekends. always a great time
0: yep divisional round should be a lot of fun a lot of great matchups we said already set um, so be sure to check out everything in Clutch points so you can follow all that. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Past. Thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.